Do you see all this shit I got on my fucking shelf behind me? I see that. I know. I feel bad that I don't have anything. Yeah, you should. My... Look at this. this is so Here, pretty. wait. Hold on. Because you're right. I should have something because we are also doing the video portion of this, right? So I should make it a little more. Yes. Hold on a second. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to redecorate this I whole. I swear to God, if I see your penis. I'm going to redecorate this whole thing to be more like on brand for us. Hold on a second. Give me one second. All right. Here we go. I'm going to decorate this whole thing. Ready? What? What the fuck is that? Here. How about instead of watching me talk, I just do this the whole time. There we go. Is that better? It's so much worse. Okay. Here, hold on. If I move it, if I move it back and forth while I'm talking. Why do you have a cap de Milo? <laughs> I never thought of calling it that, but it is that. If I move it back and forth like <laughs> this while I'm talking, does this make it more lifelike it makes me more uncomfortable is that the same thing pretty much yeah i think it's a i think it's a paperweight i know you can't see in the shot now so occasionally just throughout the episode i'm just gonna so unsettling i'm just gonna slowly just bring him (laughs) just just every like every 15 minutes what if this just every 15 minutes you just see this (laughs) i'm just glad it's not your penis Anyway, I don't have any Scarlet Witch or I almost said Paul Bettany uh, or Vision like merchandise. So what I have instead is the Infinity Gauntlet with the stones, which are important, and uh, Captain Marvel, which we actually might be talking about, (laughs) which we actually might be talking about. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) Please don't do that. We might be talking about her in this because uh, she, in a way... <laughs> a cameo later in WandaVision. You, you'll never know what distance he's going to show up at. <laughs> Could be, be here. Okay, now you're talking about your penis. Media lunch break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and I think gaslight someone with a paper crate. <laughs> My name is Chris Trapel. That's not the proper term to use, right? That's not what that is. That's a different thing. It's just, wait, stop doing that. My name is Chris Trevel. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. None of this is going to make any sense to the people listening. Do you want me to do it again? For do Should I do an audio intro? Do you want me to do a different one? No, just keep going. Okay. Can I call you... I'm just looking at your hair. Can I call you Andrew Man Bun Dunn? Can I do that? This also won't make any sense to the people listening. Wait, let's take it for a test ride. I'm going to back it up to the ones. All right, ready? Here we go. What about man done? I thought about that, but it doesn't quite work in the bun part. You did not just use the phrase bun part to me. My name is Chris Trebel. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Man Bun Done. How do you like that? I don't at all. How was that? Bad. Okay. Well, that means it's going to stay. Don't I know it. So WandaVision has been out for for quite a while. Uh, Wanda, WandaVision it's is actually, actually over. Yeah, it's actually over. By the time this comes out, it's actually over. Spoiler alert. We're uh, we're recording this right before the last episode. So, you know. Uh, anyway, here's so here's what's going to happen for you listener at home. We figured what we'll do is we'll do a, a once WandaVision is completely done. In our time, not your time. In recording time, not listening time. Does that make sense? It doesn't? I don't give a shit. Eastern Standard. Yeah, in Mountain Time. Then we'll do a wrap-up episode, like a full reaction to the whole to the whole season. But before we get to the last episode, our time, not your time, um, we thought, why don't we go back? Why don't we go way back to the beginning? Even farther back... To the origins of WandaVision, and we ta- we'll talk a little bit about a lot of the influences that it had, namely in both House of M and The Vision, the two series that most people cite as the original inspiration for the whole show, and kind of see where the parallels lie, talk about where it differed, where it's different. It's almost like a two reading assignment episode, essentially, from my perspective, just one with a slight slight tilt to it. You know, just a slight, 
tilt to it. You like that one? No. That's pretty good. I'll do it again. You want me to do it again? It's a slight. I'm gonna tilt come over to there it. and fucking break that thing. Okay. Now I'm talking about your penis. Great. I, I mean, I, it hasn't worked in years anyway, so it doesn't. That's matter. clearly incorrect. I had had you. You've read both of these before, yeah. House of M and The Vision. Yeah, yeah. I had not read. You had given me the first volume of The Vision as a reading assignment somewhere around. I think it was the 1920s, yeah. something like that. I actually hadn't finished it. I'd only read the the first uh, first volume. I hadn't finished it either. And I had never read House of M as, as well. But in reading these, first of all, you can see the both of them, the, the influences on the show uh, a lot. But I did find some really interesting things. So let's get into it. Let, do you want to do, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk like House of M and then the vision or do, how do you want to Let's do it? start actually outside of those two, because there's a couple other things that are just like things to note that are important that have happened with Quicksilver and Wanda and Vision and all that. So like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were first introduced as villains in X-Men number four in 1964. So she's been around for a really long time. Uh, Chathon, who's like other dimensional demon person, thinks sort of like Dormammu, but he's sort of he's very inspired by like. Cthulhu, clearly, right. and like H.P. Lovecraft in general. But he marked her when she was born as a potential human vessel, right. and he gave her some of his powers, which is why... So, like, Scarlet Witch has had retcon... Like, retcons have happened to her, like, 40 times because they never knew what to do with her. And one of them was just... Like, it was always like, oh, she just has these... Like, she can basically do anything. Right. But over time, they decided that she... Was born a mutant with hex powers. By the way, spoilers for WandaVision <laughs> starting right now. Sure. Spoilers for WandaVision, spoilers for The Vision, spoilers the for House of and M. Stuff too. In WandaVision, we see her use her hex powers. She puts a probability spell uh, or a hex spell on a piece of Stark Industries technology. And it isn't until she gets like spell powers from this right. interdimensional demon that she starts to be able to like cast spells and stuff as a witch. Then uh, Vision is introduced first time in Avengers number 57. This is an interesting thing too. Phil Jones is the name of the dude with the mustache in WandaVision. You remember that character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a Phil Jones in the comics. Uh, in the comics, he's the husband of Arcana Jones, Arcana, something like that, who is a sorceress from another dimension. Hmm. It's important to note as well that Phil's wife in WandaVision is Dottie, the like blonde woman who like yes. runs everything yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. She, like Agatha, has no info on her FBI card oh. when they're looking at the, the people who have been kidnapped. Interesting. Oh, yeah. The other thing, too, is that there's a book that might be the Darkhold. Um, do you remember the book? Uh, in the series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a crazy, some sort of spooky looking book. The reason why people think it might be the Darkhold is because that book was created by Chathan, who is also the god of chaos energy. And Agatha says that Wanda is using chaos magic. So that would make sense that she is drawing her power from this guy who also created the Darkhold. Right. Right. I... <laughs> That's a lot of history. Did you hear any of that? I heard I heard it all. I don't know that I connected all of it. That's a lot of Marvel history. Uh, yes. Or were you playing with your little Captain America? I can do both. I can do both. You're going to go blind. Uh, I mean, it keeps getting caught in the hair in my palms. All right. So did you read House of M in the both vision volumes? Yes, I did. I read House of M. I read both of them. I actually got through both of them. Do you want to do a House of M? Should we talk a little House of M first since we're talking Scarlet Witch? Yeah. This one is the one that people cite the most as the influence on WandaVision. And I actually disagree. I mean, obviously, Same. the whole idea of in House of M, for those of you who don't know, basically what happens is the Scarlet Witch, after killing a bunch of the Avengers... Seems to have suffered kind of some sort of like a snap, like a mental snap. I think WandaVision is going to represent the first page of the House of M. Right before House of M, WandaVision creates WandaVision. Wanda creates. <laughs> God. It's like his name is Doctor Who. Yeah. Wanda creates two children for herself. Right. But then 
Oh, I forget who it was, but they, they got a new editor-in-chief, and the editor-in-chief was like, nah, I don't like this. It's too weird. So what he ended up doing was saying Mephisto, like the, that she created the kids by stealing part of him. She took two pieces of Mephisto and turned them into children. And Mephisto sends like some henchman who's some character, some like D-list character in Marvel Doug. to go get them back. And he does eventually. It creates some of the like weirdest, craziest shit. Because they're pieces of Mephisto, he uses the children as his arms. So there's some like fucking insane, just horrific imagery of this dude with children for arms and like using them to hurt the the Avengers and shit. I don't want to look at this imagery. It's terrifying. But so eventually Mephisto gets them back. This is nuts. And Wanda doesn't have her kids anymore. So from that point on, she sort of starts to lose it. And she sort of blames the Avengers for that as well. There's right. a whole lot of shit that goes on and she starts to slowly lose her mind until she realizes she can just make them again and she can make whatever she wants. And that's sort of where we leave off before House of M. Right. So she alters, basically, she alters reality to create her own utopia. And essentially in House of M, what's discovered is she kind of created everyone's utopia or set out to create everyone's utopia and give them exactly what they wanted. So they never asked questions about the alternate reality, about this new reality that they live in. And it's interesting because, like I said, a lot of people cite this is the main thing for the structure of WandaVision. And I actually disagree because while the premise is the same, this is essentially a Wolverine story. He's the character. Yeah, Wanda's who, almost not in it until the last issue. Yeah, pretty much. She is kind of hovering in the background, metaphorically speaking, but she's not in it. You know, she's in the first couple of pages. And then, by the way, just to set the stage for the actual House of M, the debate is... Before she alters reality, the debate is, do they kill Scarlet Witch? The Avengers and X-Men all meet in New York, and there's a debate. We should kill her because she can alter reality, and she's already going mad. And Professor X can't stop her and can't contain her, so we need to end her before she does some real harm. There's a big debate, and word gets to Quicksilver and to Scarlet Witch, and what happens is the House of M, which is this alternate world, this alternate reality that that Wanda creates for herself and for everyone around her. But just like in WandaVision, she creates an alternate reality. But from there, that's essentially where the parallels end. You know, the rest of it is... That's why I say the, that WandaVision is more like the first page, because on the first page of House of M, she just has a little bubble of a new reality. Right. And I think there's a good chance the bubble of reality in WandaVision is going to end at the end of the show. And I think there's a good chance that like, she's always going to know that she's able to create things and that maybe down the line that could make her lose her mind a little bit. And maybe once we have the mutants, the X-Men, she, we might be able to have that story. Yeah. There's been, there's been talk of down the line that she is essentially the new Thanos. That she would be the villain that they build up to, which I, I think is a slight possibility. And also the most interesting idea that they would have for a villain is to essentially turn one of their heroes into a villain and not just any villain and not just like a civil war setting or something like that, where it was one movie, but like this thing that you really actually have to build up to probably the first domino in the comics of her, like losing her mind is it actually comes from like they, all the Avengers wake up one day and vision's just gone and they're like, huh, that's weird. And then Ultron shows up and starts attacking them. But then they realize, Oh no, this isn't the real Ultron. This is just a distraction. And they go to look for Vision, but they can't find him. And it turns out that someone has stolen Vision and sent this fake Ultron robot as a distraction. When they finally find Vision, this actually is a, a huge inspiration, I think, for uh, WandaVision. When they find him, he's disassembled into many little pieces and strewn about on tables in a lab. Exactly the same way that he is in WandaVision. Oh, and he's, wow. he's dead. Like, they've killed him. Right. They steal the body back to try and see if they can reassemble him and get him back to normal. But... Um, Hank Pym can only create essentially he can take the parts and make a new vision, but he's not going to have the same memory. And also they didn't steal back his like right. silicone flesh or whatever. So he's just the robot, which is how we get gray vision. 
Yeah. So we get this like new Vision that doesn't know who Scarlet Witch is and doesn't have any of the emotions that Vision has come to love. And when they first steal Vision's body back, they're barely out of the laboratory and Scarlet Witch rips the building in half and kills everyone inside because she's so angry. But there's a good chance if Vision doesn't make it at the end of the show and the Grey Vision is killed as well, which I presume is going to happen, that Wanda will have seen the Vision die four times. I don't think he is going to die at the end of WandaVision. I think they keep Grey Vision. I think they keep Grey Vision and that way they have another player that they can, another thing that they can kind of use in future movies and future franchises and things like that. And I think it makes the character of Scarlet Witch, I don't want to say more interesting, but it gives her something more to work with because this character, this person that she loves, not even past tense, loves currently, could be right in front of her. And to know that they shared a life together and he doesn't remember it, but they could possibly still be on the Avengers together or have to work together. You know, it's that idea of like having to work with an ex, you know, that awkwardness and and that tragedy of like, I still have feelings for you. You don't even know what what we used to have together and you don't feel it as well. But we still have to continue to go on rather than just the idea of like I had someone and I lost them and now I'm trying to get over them. It's that idea of like you she can never get over this because he's always right in front of her. I think keeping gray vision around Gives her a little something more to work with. Also, I think it reinvigorates his character. He has like a full arc where he comes to life. He finds love. He finds humanity. And then he dies. And now you start that character arc over again. And you kind of send him on the same journey and see how he ends up a different person, essentially, through different situations. That's not what this episode is about, Chris. Well, you brought it up, Andrew. So don't get on me. Did House of M come out before or after the vision? Oh, way before. Way before. That's what like I thought, but years. I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Whereas the vision, I'm going to move us over now. How do, how do you feel? Do you, do you want to move over to the next one or do you want to? Yeah, we can do that. I would just that. say as well that like one of the ways, like the way vision came back, I'm trying to remember how, what it was. Oh, it's because they found a, an alternate dimension vision. So that's something they could do as well. That like they could, if they're going to introduce the multiverse. Of madness. Yeah. It's interesting because the gray vision shows up. There's a flashback scene in the vision as written by Tom King fan favorite on this show. All I have written in my notes for the vision is dog dies. That's all you need to know. Spoiler alert. The dog dies. If you don't want to see a dead, if you don't want to see a dead dog, don't, yeah, don't, uh, don't read yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> but they, that's something that happens in both the comic and the show. This series, it's interesting because I, I was reading this. I was like, this is the most influence for WandaVision. The Vision by Tom King is essentially Vision after losing all of his memories, all of his everything, all of his identity comes back and is trying to essentially gain humanity or learn more about humanity or, you know, carve out a piece of humanity for himself and so thus creates a family for himself a family of visions a wife a daughter a son and later on in the book a dog and moves into a suburban neighborhood Uh, he moves into the most normal type of situation that you could imagine for a human being and tries to assimilate into suburban life and there's it's a lot of like the pushback that comes from People, it. I think it's a really interesting and a really smart story because it's about the subtle prejudices that we feel and and uh, you know in our quiet little corners of of the world. And what's interesting, what I was going to say in relation to WandaVision, I think this has the most influence on the show, even though Vision is the main character of this story and Wanda is the main character of that story. They essentially took like this shell of the storyline of the vision and put it over a completely different character and kind of formed it around her, which I thought was really kind of interesting to see. Well, it's interesting, too, that that plot, as you just described it, 
is very similar to a lot of like 50s TV shows. Yes. 50s and 60s, like The Munsters, The Addams Family, Bewitched. It's all about these people trying to blend in and make it so no one realizes how weird they are. Yeah. Yeah. And they just can't, though. They never get it right. Right. They never can do it. I love the uh, imagery of The Merchant of Venice. Yeah. It's really good. The Shylock monologue works perfectly. That's what I mean. It's 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 really it's very smart because it understands. Beautifully like, written, man. It's really if well If you watched written. WandaVision and you love that quote, what is grief but love persevering? It's a great quote. And Tom King's run of the vision is just fucking full of stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It, it probably also has the most kind of Easter eggs to it as well, as far as in WandaVision, you know, mm. they, they kind of throw the house number is, uh, six, one, six. Oh yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in the vision, which is, uh, which is the actual, the dimension, yeah. the dimension that Marvel is, is based in. So the number, I think the number in WandaVision is like 2,800 yeah. or something. And no one really knows what that's a reference to yet. But. So uh, yeah, there's a speculation that that's the dimension that Wanda would have created for Westview you know, kind of pulling it out of its own reality. I read a review of the vision that said, uh, and it was brilliant and it blew my mind, the floating water vase. Yes. It mirrors the vision and his family. They want to be normal, but anything that gets close to them gets hurt or dies. Oh, I didn't even and put I that together. Like, oh, it is really God, good. That's so yeah. good. <laughs> it is. It is a tragic. It is a heart wrenchingly tragic story yeah so just be aware when you go into that like you kind of feel it immediately because the way that tom king kind of lays out the structure so is the house of m though like the house of m the stuff with peter parker just like it made me just want to weep that's true i will give you that but this one for some reason this one was more visceral see i feel like they're both equally visceral but in like totally opposite ways whereas like this one is just like, it's just, you just, as soon as you think like, okay, I'm down, don't hit me anymore. It just like keeps punching. Yes. Whereas like the other one is about how like all of their character flaws, the horrible tragedies that have happened to these people haven't happened and they're at their happiest and you see how great everything could be. And then the bandaid is just fucking ripped off all at once. And they have to, cho- they have to choose to rip off the bandaid. They don't though, because like Peter Parker is like. I know that Ben is dead. I know that Gwen is dead. No, but I'm saying it's brought up. So it's brought up of like, well, we could just stay. This is giving us everything that we want. But once you know that you're in the facade. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Which is, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like WandaVision. Like there are those moments where he's bringing them out and you see them. That's interesting. I was going to say it's kind of like the vision because they know that they don't belong there. And they're trying so hard to fit this square peg in a circle hole. And it just like totally fucks up everything. But it also isn't their fault. That's one of the most heartbreaking things, too, right? Is that, like, the reason the square peg doesn't fit in the circle hole is because of the circle hole. It's because of... It's uh, not the peg. It's the hole. Yeah, it's because of these fucking assholes who just, like, can't let people live there. Right. Actually, what I was saying is that the... the um The way it parallels House of M is that whenever Vision brings them out, you see them just kind of, like, snap. You know, when he brings the first person out in the office and the guy's like, oh, my God, I got to call my I got to do like they have this like breakdown, which is similar to like what happens in House of M when whenever they bring them out, like all of it comes rushing back in this big rush. I remember everything all at once. I remember Ben is dead. I remember that Gwen is dead. All of it. And they have this dual memory going on. You know, it's interesting because I don't really feel like because, yeah, I've heard that House of M and The Vision are the two that are like the big influences. But even The Vision isn't that big of an influence. Scarlet Witch isn't even really in it. No, she's not. And that's what I mean. What I think is fascinating is that uh, for me, that is the bigger of the two. That That's actually no, the I bigger of the two influences. I hear you. I just mean in general, just like I keep hearing that from people and I'm like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I agree that like it is the bigger of the two. But like everyone's saying that like it's influenced by these comics. It's, it's not really. But I think the structure that they gave the show. I really think they're probably setting up a House of M storyline. I think so, too. I think the structure they gave the show distracts from the main influence it doesn't feel as just like photocopied to be yeah you know this well, i also really think that like this is the first show that marvel is putting up on disney plus yes and i don't think they're gonna make a huge change 
with their like I don't I don't even know about the Grey Vision thing because I mean you might be right but like right. if they do that and Grey Vision just fucking shows up in one of the next movies people are going to be so confused. But if you think about it that is something I, I was thinking about it, and I thought about that too. I was like, wow, if he shows up in a movie, they're going to have a lot to explain. But if you think about it, sword recreated him, right? Sword had his parts and they rebuilt him. And that, as far as anything else is concerned, is the only explanation you would have to give. Like sword wanted to create a vision and they created a vision. But you also have to explain who sword is. You do. That's fair. That's the, that would be the only bump that I can see though. Having to explain who Sword is. I don't know, man. Vision coming back from the dead would be a really big thing to have to... Like, you can't just breeze over that. I don't think it's a breezing over. I don't, I don't think you just waltz into a room and they'd explain it with one line. I think it would be a major event. But I think you don't have to know the whole storyline of WandaVision to get there. I, I think there's... You know, it, it doesn't have to play into that because all that happened separate from what happened in West in Westview sword had his, had his parts tried to recreate the vision, found a way to do it and created an, their own version of the vision. I don't think they'd just be like, Hey, this guy's here now. And then just kind of go over it. But it's enough that they're not, they don't have to rehash the entire plot line of WandaVision to everyone. See, man, we'll see if we're fucking idiots. We should record two different ones. (laughs) Like all the, be like, I think it's going to be this. Here's what we're going to do. All right. I'm going to give you what I think is going to happen for the end of WandaVision. Ready? I think. Okay. Now in this space. Now you're going to go back and you're going to edit in something that we'll say later, which is exactly the plot of the last episode of WandaVision. And now watch that. I'll give you an alley Ready? What do you think? What? Uh, how do you think it'll end? I agree with you. Yeah. I think, yeah. How you feel? You want to you wanna keep going with this or you want to move on to the I don't think I have anything reading? else to say about it. I mean, it's I not... I don't think I got anything else either. There's not a whole lot of influence there. Right. Quicksilver's fucking dead. All right, let's move on to the reading assignment. Let's. For the reading assignment, you gave me a little comedy drama, <laughs> a little action romance called The Boys. Mm-hmm. And it's about four men in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, wait. I might have watched the wrong one. All right. I have three pages of notes on this. Oh, boy. Oh, boys. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm just going to say right out of the gate. Fuck you. This is going to surprise you, but maybe not. It's, I'm going to get so much fucking shit if any, I would if anyone listened to this. Just say it. Just say it. It's almost unwatchable. That doesn't surprise me at all okay it's so insufferably lazily bad okay i'm just all right so here here's some notes that i've taken okay go for it here's what i got i like what they're trying to do okay superheroes are dicks false idol superhero story this is the perfect time to do it like marvel has like you know cornered this industry with their like perfect heroes right right i get what they're trying to do acting is good CGI is good. I wrote, I like the science stuff. I don't know what that means. Oh, oh, I think like the carbon, like they say the, um, I don't know what that means. The invisible man is like made out of carbon, oh, which right, it right. conducts right, electricity. Right, right. They have a, they like, have a like, logic oh, okay, behind trying to use, what is happening. Right. Well, right. and also like it makes Huey important. Like it, 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 like that's a good plot device to get him because they try to, they're like, oh, okay, we'll make a bullet out of carbon then. Right. And Huey tries to stop them because they're just like, oh, well, it's the same thing. But you know, then it's, it'd be like trying to kill someone with a bullet made out of human flesh. flesh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work splat. the same way. Yeah. I have here. Simon Pegg can do anything but an American accent. Oh, it is very bad. Huey says he can't be heroic because he listens to James Taylor, which I'm just like... But he can be heroic because he listens to Billy Joel. Right. Well, that's another thing, too, and I think I wrote that later, is he says his favorite musician is James Taylor, his second favorite artist is Simon and Garfunkel, his third favorite artist is Billy Joel, and yet that's all we hear. Is Billy Joel. Yeah. There's a reason for that. It has to do with a girlfriend that I can't 
quite remember now. Oh, is it because it's easier to watch The Girlfriend if you're listening to bad music? You take that back about Billy Joel. You say what you want Billy Joel is about a bad the boys, musician. But you never disparage Mr. William uh, Joel. That 9 o'clock on a Saturday song is really good, and the rest of it is mediocre at best. Here's the, uh, 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 I'm debating, do I? I have here, if only someone had ever tried to put superheroes in a real world setting before. So I'm debating, all right, do we quickly do a plot sum up of season one and season two of The Boys? Or do we not? Frenchie is Zamol from the South Park movie. Yeah, just keep I'm just, just going to give going. you two quotes. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just start talking about like the plot summary of the boys. If anyone hasn't watched it, and then, but you just keep like rolling with your notes, okay? Like, no, I'm a hundred percent saying this <laughs> is on. gonna be good. I'm gonna give you two quotes, and you try to guess which one is Frenchie okay. from the boys, okay, and which one is Zemol from the South Park movie. Okay, go. Quote number one. My father was bipolar. One night he tried to smother me with a Hello Kitty duvet. Quote number two. Careful. Was my mother careful when she stabbed me in the heart with a clothes hanger while I was still in the womb? Uh, the second one is Frenchie. That's wrong. What? Really? <laughs> yes. That's from uh, South Park. I did not see that. Bad. A- I just wrote here bad ADR, which is like there's a part where they're like watching Popclaw on their video camera that they installed in her apartment. Yeah. And it cuts away to the outside of the van and you hear some you hear Huey with a microphone in a sound studio go, that's Popclaw, right? And then it cuts back in to like make sure the viewer knows who they're looking at. That's fair. That's that's fair. Writing is hypersexualized, hyperviolent extremist porn. Keep going. So the audio is too visceral. It. it doesn't boys, sound real. <laughs> oh, was oh you mean at the same time? I'll start going, and you just interject them like when you when there's a pause. All right. Okay, sounds good. We're only half a page in of my three pages. I know. That's why I'm like I could totally do both seasons and get through all of these. So the, for those of you who don't know, the boys is pretty. Yeah, it is pretty much what Andrew is saying. It is like. We're it's superheroes in the real world. And basically what happens is that superheroes are uh, what's the dicks? Superheroes are commercialized. They have agents. It's show business. And so there is one particular group called the seven. That is kind of the Justice League of this that has the greatest heroes. And to be a part of the seven is like hitting the the heights of fame for this world. Huey, our main character who is just an average dude, just your average run-of-the-mill guy, is walking along the street with his with his girlfriend, and the girlfriend gets killed by a guy named A-Train, who is one of the seven. And from there, the story starts where he's roped into this plot by another man named Butcher, who has a vendetta against all of the heroes, to try and kill the seven, essentially. And then from there, you just kind of find out a little more about the backstories of all of all these characters, where they're coming from, what their motivations are, things like that, to build into the big fight against the one big bad that's Homelander, which is like the Superman of this world, right? It's basically season one in a very light nutshell. And then season two comes in and we find our characters on the run after trying to kill Homelander. A new character is introduced called Stormwatch. Is it Stormwatch? Is that what it's called? Stormbreaker? Stormfront. Stormfront. Who is this new, youthful, millennial-like, you know, hero who's... Oh, but maybe with a with some sort of mysterious background. And basically, second season is a lot like the first, where they're trying to get back and kill the seven and this and that and the other. That's pretty much... I think that's that's enough of a, of a sum up to kind of go on. Yeah. The next thing I have is the audio is too visceral. It doesn't sound real. Cleaning the blood off the walls sounds like someone fisting a mayonnaise jar. Have you ever cleaned blood off a wall? Yes, every day. That's true. You do have that weird room in your house. Ashley, the assistant, looks like and sounds like Garrett from Community. Okay, so here's the thing. I had a feeling. I did not give you this assignment because I thought you would hate it, but I had a feeling you would hate it. Fat Neil is a domestic terrorist. Yeah. I felt like this was something that was going to have to happen eventually. So let's do it now. All right. You hate it. I get that. Carl Urban. Yeah. Is God's gift to man. He's really good in the show. 
I was just gonna. He's okay. excellent in it. And I put Spice Spice Girls monologue, and then I put absolutely nailing a Jason Statham impression. So okay, I, that that was gonna be my next question because clearly I could tell that you don't like that. That's totally fine. This is again kind of like the last the last reading assignment you gave me. I'm like, if you don't like this, I'm not like you're a fucking idiot. Like it's cool. I, I get this is not gonna be for everyone. Was there anything in this that you did like or that you did appreciate? Yeah, the acting's good, the CGI is good, and the the practical effects, there's a lot of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Like when they crash into the whale, that's an actual whale. Well, actually, let's rephrase that. It's not an actual whale, but it's a it's a model of a whale. I mean, I guess if you think there's an important distinction to make in that, but I mean, they didn't kill a whale, so that would I just want to make sure that we're or did they? I don't know. Hollywood, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't there. But one of the cool things that I think they did is they used that for two different sets. Like, they made... You know how there's there's a scene inside the whale as well? Yes. It's the same set. Right. They just put a camera and Huey inside. Yes. <laughs> that yeah, same yeah, yeah. thing, which they normally wouldn't have done, but that was, like, pretty ingenious. Yeah, I like... Like, I don't think there's a weak link in the acting, but I think they're given just terrible dialogue and like the story is not interesting anymore like it's yeah okay we're doing another watchman great i guess uh, yeah it's fine yeah carl urban's amazing and everything huey what's his face jack quaid kevin costner's kid or whatever nope. he, yeah that is quaid's kid that is that is quaid's randy quaid's kid yep. yeah he's great oh, man. if it was randy quaid's kid this would be a different series I, I was gonna say i'm glad he didn't get his uncle's looks that would be great trying to make starlight a feminist role model after she stayed in a job after being raped by an employee Look, man, like they're like they're trying to put her on this pedestal as being like, no, I don't want to wear that costume. It's too revealing. But it's also like an employee raped her and she did nothing. And like this is going to sound like victim blaming, but it's not because it's fake. If you wanted to put her as like, hey, this is the person you should idolize. Then if like you wanted to position her in a way. Yes. But instead, she's just like, I'm yeah. going to show them. Like she's, it looks like they're trying to make her this like role model, and she's like, "I'm going to show them that I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to pretend like nothing happened." Right, but then she does reveal that it happened. Uh, she doesn't though, right? She sort of candidly says someone did something, and then Vaught gets ahead of it, and it makes the deep give a public apology before. She outs him and she never says she's going to. Right. But she does come clean about being a victim. Fine. I guess. So when translucent explodes, his skin would remain intact. He would just drop dead. Or you could have just thrown the bomb in the cage with him. But you could have thrown the bomb in the cage with him. He would have been protected from the bomb from his skin. But. If his skin explodes from the bomb being inside him. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. If logically speaking. Right. If the bomb is strong enough to break his skin from the inside, then it would be strong enough to break his skin from the outside. outside. Show, don't tell. Using weird kinks, drug addiction, racism, and personality breakdowns to make you dislike the heroes. Let their actions decide our opinions of them. Like, what the fuck is up with Homelander drinking milk? Here's what I mean by this. They don't commit that many atrocities, and the atrocities are not that bad, but they're trying to make us dislike these characters more by giving them, like, other things for us to dislike. Weird quirks and things that would... Yeah. So, like, one of them's a literal Nazi. But, like, what does she actually do until the very end? Like, at the end, she's trying to kill some people. But, like, until then... And, like, yeah, the Homelander milk thing. Like, the he fucking goes to save a plane and then accidentally makes it so he can't. And then he fucks off. And that's, like, the worst thing he does. Is like he goes to save people and fails. So like, right, but it's not that it, he failed. He still could have. It was also the fact that he didn't attempt to do anything after that. But he also said he knew he couldn't. Right. For instance, she's saying, you know, on the plane, she's going, well, we could, but we could save her. We could save her. And he's like, no, I will. In order to save face, he lets them die. Right. So what I'm saying is 
His actions aren't that bad. The reason we are supposed to not like him is because he doesn't feel remorse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay, but like his action, like it's not like he's going around intentionally killing good people. Like the other thing too is, okay, we could save this kid. And then five other mothers stand up and are like, wait a minute, what the fuck about my kid? Right. And that's fair. But again, I think that, that the intention is something to, to, um, focus on i guess the fact that yes he did fail but also i think a a real hero is it's not in the failing it's the attempt in succeeding no i hear you i'm not saying that he's a hero what i'm saying is that they are trying to use subliminal or subconscious decisions like choices in the storytelling to trick us into disliking these people more than we need to okay I understand what you're saying with that. The stuff they do is not that horrible, but we're like, no, they have to be stopped. And it's because this guy drinks women's milk and this guy's a racist. And I'm like, yeah, that's bad and weird. Some of it's weird, but like they're not they're not that bad at being superheroes. No, they're not that bad at being superheroes. I think it's also the idea of that. Again, we get that peek behind the curtain. So we want to believe that our heroes are. Right. No, I get it. It's Watchmen. Yeah, that's yes, it is. I'm not even disagreeing with you on that. It it is Watchmen. Yeah. But because that's the other thing, too, is that like the more I watch it, the more I'm like the boys are the bad guys. Right. Because like the seven exist Mm -hmm. and there's still a fuck ton of crime enough that like people know there's a Superman and six other super people who are going to stop them if they try to commit the crime. And yet the crimes continue to happen. Right. So what happens when you wipe out the seven? Yeah. Yes. The boys are the bad guys. Yeah. That's, you know, that's they're an- well-written bad guys because, like, they have real visceral emotional reasons to take out the seven. Yeah. But it's like, hey, one time you killed my girlfriend, so I'm going to wipe out all the heroes. Right. They're Lex Luthor. That's true. I, okay. So I will give you, because that's an interesting perspective I've never even entertained, but you're absolutely right. So I think maybe its fault is that, because you're right, it is Watchmen. And I think, and this is even more guilty in the second season than in in the first season because it leans into this in the second season. But as crazy as it's going to sound, it almost sounds like it needs to be more almost solely from the perspective of the boys. Because then you're following like, you're seeing the heroes from their perspective, right? And you know that the heroes are bad people and you're, you're getting a sense of like, well, I'm, this is a story of revenge. It's a story of vindication, but the more you show of the other side, the more you allow your villain to become sympathetic. Does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, another thing I say here is I, I wrote here, they're not that bad except the deep who raped a woman and he gets a redemption arc. It's true. Oh, here's something that I just noticed as like like an actor, like a film person who notices things. They drop translucent in the trunk of their car, but the car doesn't move when they do it. Uh, I You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you're saying. There was no weight to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Too many storylines in session two. Season two, prob- probably is what I meant to write. No, no, no. I believe it's called session two. All right. Two. Too many storylines in series two. The Deep is in a cult. The boys are living in a basement. Women's empowerment. Homelander. Cats in the cradle. You're really proud about that one, aren't you? I am. I forgot I wrote it. Side plots are... Those are the main plots. Side plots are Maeve the Lesbian, Exploding Heads, Japanese Super Brother, Big Budget Film, The Deep Speed Dating, and an actual Nazi. Yeah, man. All right. This woman is like a million years old. Yes. Right? Yeah. What was her plan after people followed her on social media for 50 years and saw she never ages? I think that what would happen is eventually she would... Disappear and then reintroduce herself as something else. Maybe. Because that's what she did before. Right. But like when? After like a couple of years? I I don't I don't know. We never got that far. Right. Actually, let me say this. I think the idea is like set up Stormfront sets up Homelander as kind of like this figurehead. Aryan god. <laughs> kind of, yes. She sets him up as yeah. this kind of like Aryan god, and then at some point she can recede into the background. 
run things from from behind the scenes and then reappear as a different hero later on. Sure. Whatever. That's what I'm going to think. Weird cameos. Patton Oswalt, Seth Rogen, Jimmy Fallon. Names that get tossed around. Hans Zimmer, Joss Whedon, Tilda Swinton. Greg Grunberg is in it as himself. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Maria Menounos. Like, it's, every time it happens, I'm just like, okay, here's another one, I guess. The boys are the reason the seven need to exist. They're killing just as many people. The NYPD helicopter, because they stole a boat. The driver that got hit by a car. Uh, the driver that Starlight gives a fucking concussion to and leaves in the middle of the road on a back street. Butcher always thinks it's too late to save anyone. <laughs> That's true. He's always like, we've got to go. We don't have time. And it's like, those people are going to die. That's no better than what Homelander did to that airplane. You're like, the last four times we actually saved them, Butcher. Maybe we need to cool it. Maybe <laughs> if you're, you know. Do you want to comment on that at all? Or? No, no, no. Give me like two more and then we'll we'll get out of here. No, absolutely not. We're going through this whole thing. How far into it are I we? I got like less than a page left. Okay. The Deep is an asshole because he accidentally killed a dolphin, but the boys intentionally kill a giant whale. I don't know why I should care about any of these characters. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it has good CGI, but so does Human Centipede. That doesn't make it a classic. That's pretty. Please, can we just end on that one because it's so good? No. No, they keep going, man. Huey is Butcher's canary is a bad analogy. MM says, if he dies, how will you know when you've gone too far? That's the point of the canary. When it dies, you've gone too far. And he says, we risked our lives to make the world worse. Yes, you did. You're the villain. Why doesn't the show address this? Racism is such an easy way to make people not like characters. Kicking A-Train out because he's black. Too many fake-outs, the screaming lawyer, the lasering the crowd. Like, when they, they show something interesting happen, and then it doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's a dream sequence or something. It's going to yeah. be real weird when they find a dead woman with Homelander's head in a cabin in the woods. Yep. You remember that? Because he was, yep. like, that shapeshifter guy. Butcher beats a random man nearly to death because he's sad. I don't like these people. I don't care what happens to them. <laughs> Why doesn't Stormfront like Starlight, who's an Aryan goddess? <laughs> I never even thought of that. That's actually really good. Starlight can't help at the asylum because they might recognize her, but the rest of them are the most wanted men in the country, so they go. <laughs> a soup from the asylum hits all three of them with the same force, but the van goes twice as far. Stormfront was born in 1919, but says she went as Pippi Longstocking for Halloween many years in a row. She was 26 years old when Pippi Longstocking came out. (laughs) (laughs) Explodey Head Lady was seen three times in this fucking show, and we're supposed to remember her? Who the fuck is that? Right. Why did they even walk over to Stormfront from the car without the RPG? Because they like go to face her and they shoot her. And then they're like, oh, we should go get the thing we built to kill her. The fight choreography is so bad. (laughs) This is is my last real note. And then I have one last thing to end on that's sort of an interesting thing. But my last note is the most unrealistic part of this show is that everyone agreed that Nazis are bad. (laughs) And my last thing that I have to say is that um, at the very end of the show, Stormfront is like comatose before she's like on death's door and she's muttering to herself in German. Would you like to know what she's saying? Yeah. She said, why did I agree to do this show? It's so bad. No, it's uh, she says, (laughs) she says, it was so beautiful how the three of us sat there in the shade of an apple tree. Do you remember the day, Frederick? Chloe's arms out the car window. We found the perfect spot by the river in the shade of an apple tree. It was the first time Chloe ate fresh apples. I was so happy. It was wonderful. I wanted it to never end. Unlike this show. (sighs) I added the last part. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, oh, did you? Oh, okay. I I would have never known. (laughs) All right. Excellent. So... Do you have a reading assignment for me, sir? Oh, God. I should make you watch The Boys 20 times in a row. Um, so that's a no. <laughs> quickly, that's correct. Quickly look around at the bookshelf you got from your murder room and see what you can find to give me. Um, oh, you really have nothing, do you? No, I kept thinking about it, but I... Like you've never read a comic a day in your damn life. I haven't. I'm a fucking poser. That's why you have a podcast. What's uh, 
What's a comic? I don't know, man. Give me some ideas. What? Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> so what you're saying here is you want me to give you ideas of something to give me to read. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's going to be so difficult for me to find something I know you won't like. No, that's not what we're doing with this. All right. I'm not trying to make this into a thing where we fuck with each other to give each other shit. Do you want to do a full episode of the like I'll assign to you Brian K. Vaughn stories and we'll have the whole episode be the Brian K. Vaughn spotlight? I love that, actually. Yeah. So it'll be my choosing of what I read. No, we'll do Why the Last Man. We'll talk about Paper Girls. OK, OK, OK. Oh, right. Because they're both by. Brian yeah, yeah that's why I said that. We'll talk about Saga a little bit, too. I'd love to reread Saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. All right. Let's do that. That's that sounds good. All right. Okay. Sounds great, good. Great. How long is Why the Last Man is like hella long, isn't it? I mean, it's not as long as Saga is so far, but yeah, it's it's. Okay. I haven't okay. gotten through it yet. I'm gonna level with you. I'm about a third yeah. of the way through. I don't like it very much, but I know you've told me that before. Yeah. All right, I'll give it. A, I'll I'll read as much through it as I can get, and then I'll kind of. It's not like, hella long. As it's much, not as long as like Secret Wars, which I gave you. That was like 600 pages. You finished that one. That's true. Yeah. Well, no, that one. Felt like 600 pages. It did. I think it was 10. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll read as much my way through Why the Last Man so I can also touch on Paper Girls again and just kind of refresh that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some stuff to talk about for sure. All right. Then that is that. All right. I felt, I felt good about that. And by good about that, I mean, felt like I was being punished. I have complained so much about that show that my voice is starting to go. Excellent. Oh, actually, before we go, hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Hey, Andrew. Hold on. Hey, Andrew. What is it? Hey. Who is it? Andrew. What's happening? Hold on. Uh, it's me. It's it's me. It's your buddy. Okay. It's your buddy, Steve. Steve. Hey, Andrew. What is it? Yeah. Who is this? Where can they find us? What? I don't know anyone by that name. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure about that? Wait, were you asking me where you sure? they can find us? Where can they find us? Oh, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify, not on Google Play Music, though. I'm going to keep saying that until I remember to delete it from my notes. I think we're on Google Podcasts, but I still have to check. You can listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can send us a tweet at Toweeter.com, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. Or you can send us a Facebook, where our Facebook is. You can send us an Instagram on our Instagram. Or you can send us a tube on the YouTube, which is YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We make videos. We're actually uh, making a, a, a video of the audio of our last episode about WandaVision predictions. And that should go up soon. It should be up already because this is going to go up in like two weeks. You can also go to patreon.com slash the media lunch break and um, give us money for more Captain America figures, which we desperately need. Or give me enough money to hire someone to break into Chris's home to steal his Captain America figures so that this doesn't become an issue again. You can also send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com or you can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Rate and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Give us a thumbs up on all our videos. Give us a subscribe, which is Spanish for subscribe. Thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For being uh, a great person, an inspiration to me and to Chris and to all of you. And that's it. All right. That does it. That does our, that does the... That does it. Chris has to leave because I heard his wife yell that he has to vacuum. I do have to vacuum. No, it's too late. What time is it? It's almost too late to vacuum. You promised that you would vacuum before you went to bed. That's true. I did do that. Wait, did I do that? I'm so hungry. What do you want to eat? You want to go get some to eat? I would love to. Do, bro, do you want to meet in the middle? There's a, I forgot to tell you, um, there's a Taco Bell and a Chipotle almost next to each other. Well, I'll speak at your funeral. Which do I go to first? Your proctologist is going to make so much money this year.